This is Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your home for common sense science-based health care. Here's your host, Dr. T.J. Williams. Welcome to the show, everyone. This show is designed to provide common sense science-based strategies for a healthy life. I'm your host, Dr. T.J. Williams, and with me, as always, is Aaron. And today we are going to be talking about depression. That's something that affects a lot of folks. Right. And I think I'm constantly surprised by the amount of people who are on antidepressants. It's huge, especially, you know, in this country. And so we just want to talk about that in general and what you can do about it. Right. So every single year, 230 million prescriptions for antidepressants are filled. It's one of the most prescribed drugs or classes of drugs in the United States. So despite all of the prescriptions that are being taken, more than one in 20 Americans are depressed, according to our most recent statistics from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And of them, 80% say they have some level of functional impairment, and 27% say it's extremely difficult to do everyday tasks like work, get things done at home, or get along with others because of their condition. So my question is, why are so many people feeling so low, even though antidepressants, the supposed cure for depression, is so widely available and so and consumed in such mass quantities, right? It's crazy. So the conventional medical paradigm's answer, and I say quote answer, for depression does not work any better than sugar pills, than placebos. Some studies have found that sugar pills may actually produce better results than antidepressants. Yes, that's right. You heard it right. Some studies show that that placebos and sugar pills may actually have better results than antidepressant, antidepressants. So meta-analyses published um, on clinical trials that in, that indicated that 75% of the response to antidepressants can be duplicated by placebo. Let that sink in for just a minute. 75% of the results seen can be duplicated by a placebo. Does that mean that the medication is actually working? Right. Well, and and certainly not for a lot of the people. Um, I know that some people believe that they get relief. A lot of them, it's not long-term because like a lot of other medications, if they take it at the beginning, they may say, oh, I think I'm feeling a little better. But after time, they are usually the prescription has to be changed or they are put on an additional prescription to help, um, you know, alter what they're actually taking. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many times people have come in and in the little past medications uh, section of our intake paperwork, there's you know, if they're on an antidepressant, there's usually four or five, maybe even six others that are listed there before. And I just, I always look at them and say, I see that you were on a lot of other antidepressants in the past. What, what caused you to switch? And they're like, well, they quit working. Well, what do you mean they quit working? I mean, we're, we're the, the, the fundamental thought process between or behind an antidepressant, especially a, a serotonin reuptake inhibitor is some is saying that this is a serotonin problem. And so if we stop our, our t- you know, we're not able to produce enough of it. Well, that the, the whole concept just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, right? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And if they were so, if they weren't, what am I trying to say? If they weren't uh, 
um, as harmless as sugar pills. So if they didn't have, you know, all the negative side effects that are associated with them, it wouldn't be such a bad thing. Right. It's not, it's not a bad thing to think, okay, well, if, you know, it works, then that's great. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, then I'm no worse off. I might as well take the chance. Right. But the problem is the side effects are ridiculous. I mean, Increasing risk of diabetes, negative effect on your immune system, increased risk of suicide and violent behavior. That's in all of them. They just say right on there, you know, be careful when changing doses, um, you know, because of increased risk of suicide. And that's one of the things people come into our clinic and they ask, you know, can you help me get off this antidepressant? And we're pretty clear at the very beginning, hey, look, you know, there are a lot of things that we can do. You know, we're going to have to work hand in hand with the doctor that puts you on that antidepressant to walk you off of that antidepressant safely and effectively because you can't just stop this stuff cold turkey. Right. And we we get into that a little bit later, but I think that um, that's a really important point is that it's not something that can just be stopped. And that in itself, I think, shows that these are really powerful. Um, so which is a great thing if they were taking away most people's symptoms, but they're not. And it, I think that really is what the problem is, but people go through such a long time of working with their doctor and trying a new one and then trying a different antidepressant and trying a different antidepressant. And the thinking is, well, we have not found the right combination for you. And how many people out there are taking antidepressants and have heard that? What because, if there isn't a right combination? Right. <laughs> I mean, we just said earlier, 75% can be duplicated with a sugar pill, right. for crying out loud. And I really, I want to take a step back here and stress the fact that we're not, I mean, we're not just going after antidepressants and saying, you know, why, why are all of you people taking it? But. And we're not saying that depression isn't something that really uh, truly happens. Certainly. But, you know, knowledge is power. And so just you need to have all the facts and then you can decide what you want to do. Right. So let's shift gears just a little bit. I want to talk about why antidepressants don't work for treating depression. So the the most depressing medical news about this is that really and truly antidepressants don't work. There's a lot of research that suggests they don't work for the vast majority. Of <clears throat> for the mass, vast majority, that's exactly correct. For some people, they very they are very effective and they work very well and they do their job. And you know that's that happens. And it's occasional when someone comes in, they've been on an antidepressant for you know several years and they haven't switched. And obviously, that antidepressant was working for that person, but. When they come in to our clinic and we've got a whole list of previous antidepressants, something is amiss. Something is being missed. And I think that also if you've got a number of problems, if depression is one of the conditions that you're suffering from, you really need to look hard at whether antidepressants are helping because... Or hurting. Right. Because it if there are a lot of different issues going on, then probably one of those issues because... Depression can be a symptom of so many other things or a side effect of so many different medications. (laughs) Right. That's exactly right. I mean, depression is one of the most common problems that's seen by primary care medicine. Yes. That's just a fact. Right. And we've heard over and over. I know um, people saying, well, it's actually gotten more and more difficult to get into a psychiatrist. Yeah. That the waiting list has been long. And that is frightening. I mean, that shows you right there that. There are so many people who are having these psychological problems and the problems themselves are terrifying. And unfortunately, that's the worst position to be in 
to have to make a decision. Right. And uh, there's a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine that basically said that depression is going to be the second leading cause of disability in this country very soon. And basically what what's even what's even worse is that this this New England Journal of Medicine article found that drug companies selectively publish studies on antidepressants. They publish nearly all the studies that show benefit, but almost none of the studies that show that the drugs are ineffective. So this selective publication is leading the general public to think that something's working when it's not. Right. I mean, if you've got 100 that say it works... Okay, great. But if you also have a hundred that say it doesn't work and you only publish 10 of those, well, it's overwhelming to think that, well, obviously it works and these, you know, that it didn't work. Maybe this design was flawed and this and that. There are a lot of reasons why, you know, they can come up with why these only these 10 studies that we have are not working, but when in fact the the numbers more closer to one to one for every one study that's showing that they work, there's another study that's showing that they don't. Exactly. And it completely warps our view of antidepressants. Right. And it leads us to think that they do always work. And that's just simply not the case. And when you sit back and you think about it, most people that hear this information know that that's true. Because even if they feel like the antidepressants are working for them, and if they are, great. But a lot of times people are like, well, they're not actually working, I don't think, but I've been told that, you know, we're still searching for the right combination. Or they know somebody else who has been on a number of different antidepressants and they haven't helped. So Right, or their know. doctor, or their doc- sorry to interrupt, but or their doctor is telling them, well, it's your genetic makeup that, right. you know, whatever. We get so much stuff blamed on genetics. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just frustrating to me. It's the, the human genetic system is set up to be perfect. It's not set up to have problems and you don't, that it just doesn't work like that. There are little things that can happen, but a lot of those things that can happen are triggered by environment and we can help fix those things by changing the environment. But what's even crazier is speaking of warping our views is that the positive studies, the studies that show it works, barely show that the stuff works. 40% of the people taking a placebo in some of these studies had got better while only 60% of the people taking the actual drug got better. I mean, that's not much better than a 50-50 shot. Right. But again, I do want to say, you know, we're not saying that this is never, it it never works because, I mean, especially with these SSRIs, if it's um, an issue with the, what is it, serotonin reuptake, yep. um, then it will benefit you. The problem is that that is generally not what's causing the depression. So... We've got a ton of people out there who are taking SSRIs, and it's never going to make any difference. That's right. Well, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to dive into, like, what is depression? We're going to talk about it a little more. We Like, what's in a name? What is depression? You're listening to Wellness 101.
This is Wellness 101. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. In today's show, we're talking about depression, and we're talking a little bit about antidepressants and how they haven't really, the studies don't really show that they work all that well. And that, before we get into the talking a little bit more about what is depression and, and what's, what it's involved with, the fact that the medications aren't really working. I mean, it, it's a huge problem. It leaves us with this monster in the room. Right. Millions of depressed people with no effective treatment. Yeah. There's nothing out there for them by conventional medicine. Right. And like we said before, depression is a huge issue. It's, I mean, it's not I mean, we're not saying basically don't do anything because anyone who has been depressed or knows someone who is depressed, that really isn't an option. Right. So but. For those of you out there listening, there are things out there available. Functional medicine, which is a a type of medicine that we practice at the Institute of Natural Health, it provides a unique and a very effective way to treat depression and other psychological problems. Getting down to the root of what it is that's actually creating the problem, that's where people can see lots of lots of benefit. So later on in the show, we're going to review some steps that you can take to work through your depression and potentially do that without needing antidepressants and other medications. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit more about what depression is. So what is depression? Basically, depression is a label that we give to people who have a depressed mood most of the time, people who've lost interest or pleasure in most activities, people who are fatigued or they can't sleep or they have no interest in sex, they feel hopeless and helpless, and they can't think clearly or they can't make decisions. Right. And let me just say um, that it sounds very clinical. Um, It does. It does. And I think... Anyone who has suffered from depression, you know, when you have depression, it is you can list, you know, look at this list of symptoms and everyone has those things to some extent. At some point, depression is different. It is completely different than being in a bad mood or, you know, feeling, you know, like you're, you know, worried about things or you're having trouble functioning Yeah, this isn't just being sad. It is a completely different animal. And so... um, And we understand that. Right. And so while we're going through the list, those of you who have suffered from this, I don't want you to think that we don't get it because we do. Um, It's... If if you've been through it or you've seen, you know, someone close to you go through it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it can be devastating. That's for sure. But the label of depression really and truly tells us nothing about the cause of all those symptoms. We know absolutely nothing. There are tons of causes of depression. Each one of those causes needs a different approach to fixing it, right? So it's not a one-size-fits-all process, right? But that's modern medicine's solution is a one-size-fits-all problem. If you have depression, you need an antidepressant. Right, and most of the antidepressants are the same type of antidepressant. And they will help if you have a specific cause for your depression. But for the vast majority of people who do not have a serotonin reuptake issue, it is not going to help you. Right. 
That's exactly right. That's what it's for. It's for a serotonin reuptake issue. If you don't have that, then it's not really going to help. Right. And that's science. That's, I mean, that's what the research shows and that's what we know. Common sense, science-based strategies. So that's what we provide, right? Right. Exactly. So, all right. So some other numbers. Now, these are boring statistics, I know, but it, it just leads to the gravity of what we're dealing with here with depression. Women have a 10 to 25% risk, and men have a 5 to 12% risk of developing severe major depression in their lifetime. One in 10 Americans takes an antidepressant, and the use of the drugs has tripled in the last 10 years, according to the federal government. Our own federal government says that we've, we're taking three times the amount of antidepressants than we did 10 years ago, right? And in 2006, spending on antidepressants jumped 130%. That was 11 years ago. Holy cow, can you imagine what it is today? I mean, it's going to be forever before we get the 2017 statistics. They're just slow at getting these things Right, but we do know that it's continued to rise. Right, and just because they're popular doesn't mean they're helpful, Right. right? Junk food is popular, but it's not helpful, like we talked about last week. Right. You know, that, that's the thing. The, I mean, I don't know. It just, it just frustrates me a little bit that we have all these other options out there that are available, and we're just closing a blind eye to the possibility that it's not a, you know, a deficiency in an antidepressant medication. Right. And the antidepressants have significant side effects. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, most people who are taking antidepressants either you know, first of all, either don't respond or they only have a partial response. So maybe they'll see. Right. And success is considered a 50% improvement in half of your depressive symptoms. Right. That's pitiful at best. Which is, and it's crazy if you think about it, because of all the symptoms you could have of depression, if you have some of them that have improved a little bit, that doesn't mean that you're free of depression. Right. Like you're still suffering from depression. And right. so it that it's not a way to live. Right. And and what's worse is this little bit of improvement that this 50% improvement in half of the symptoms that's that that doesn't even happen. That happens in less than half the people that are taking antidepressants. Right. This is how we end up with a person going from one antidepressant to another antidepressant to another antidepressant. And that's what the research shows that they've released. Right. So, yeah, that's the stuff that's showing that's that the it works. Best stuff that they have to offer. I mean, what are, what's the what's the stuff of, well, that they're, that they're not releasing? And uh, I mean, right. just it's I don't get it. Uh, it just baffles my mind, ladies and gentlemen. I am I'm dumbfounded. Right. And plus the fact that we know, you know, through the most recent research that 86 percent of people that are taking an antidepressant have one or more severe side effects like sexual dysfunction, fatigue, insomnia, loss of mental ability um, and more common things like nausea and weight gain. Yeah. You would not be a surprised or maybe you would be surprised at the number of people who come in who are taking an antidepressant and they literally say i have no sex drive they're sitting there in my conference room with their spouse and their spouse is like yeah they they, she doesn't have any sex drive or he doesn't have any sex drive because it affects both sexes i mean why are we doing this right well and the funny thing is i mean you've said before you've had a number of patients who have come in and said um I'm on these antidepressants and I, they, I have gained so much weight. Yes. And then you've gosh. said, um, okay, but is your depression better? Well, well, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, and, and I get, I mean, and I know we're kind of, you know, laughing about that, but 
people don't know what their options are. And right. that's the thing. If you're suffering from this, you want to do something. And at least by taking a depressant, an antidepressant, you feel like, well, at least I'm trying to make it better. Right. I mean, even the even the commercials for antidepressants, they don't really show a person getting super happy. They just kind of show them with a flat affect. They're just kind of flat. Well, that's, I mean, I don't. Do I don't they? Wanna... I don't even, I, I guess I haven't realized yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I'm I, assuming all. I watch commercials, ladies and gentlemen. Right. I think Aaron fast forwards through them all. I watch them. I, I'm well, I interested like by the marketing. All, they're all really happy, whether it's like, you know. Urinary incontinence, or I mean, it doesn't really matter, but everyone ends up really excited and happy. Right. So, all in all, we basically shifting just a little bit. We've kind of been deceived by this whole antidepressant hoax, right? So, we know that drug companies are not forced to publish all of their results of all their studies. I mean, we talked about it earlier. They just they publish the positive ones and they don't publish the the negative ones. And you can look that up. I mean, like that is a true fact. We're not just, you know, coming up with these conspiracies and saying, well, there are probably other studies that they don't publish. We know that that's true. Right. That's exactly right. But so let's let's change this just a second. Let's twist this just a little bit. Let's add a little caveat to this. What if a car company decided not to publish the fact that their braking system didn't work? There would be massive outrage. The car company would be sued. They would pay millions, if not billions, in restitution to any family that was affected by it. But yet, these rules don't apply over here for this industry. And they don't even have third-party people doing the research for them. They're doing The companies are doing the research themselves. Ford or Chevrolet or Toyota or Honda, they don't get the privilege and, and luxury of doing the own their own testing on their own products. That's done by a third party. Why are we allowing this industry to do all of their own policing? I mean, that's like letting the kid loose in the in the candy store with you know not watching them. Of course, they're going to eat tons of candy. Right. It's just anyway. Right. I, I digress. Yeah. Well, rain I, us back, Aaron. Rain <laughs> us back. Well, what I really want to get to is um, I've just found this astounding. Um, a team of researchers that reported their findings in the New England Journal of Medicine took a critical look at all of the studies done on antidepressants, both published and unpublished. And they dug up some serious dirt, to be honest. The unpublished studies, first of all, were not easy to find. They had to search through FDA databases, call researchers, hunt down hidden data under the Freedom of Information Act. But what they ended up finding was stunning. Um, after looking at 74 studies involving 12 drugs and over 12,000 people, they discovered that 37 of 38 trials with positive results were published, while only 14 of 36 negative studies were published. And more importantly, those that showed negative results were, in the words of the researchers, published in a way that conveyed a positive outcome. That means the results were twisted to imply that the drugs worked when they didn't. Hmm. And the mic drops. <laughs> wow. <laughs> exactly. Holy cow. And the, the sad thing is, I, I hate to burst your bubble on, on that, and I'm glad you found that information, but that's not just antidepressants. It's a, it's a problem with scientific research in general, right? right. They're, they're paying and threatening people to not publish negative results. They're withholding funding. I mean, it's just that's just something that happens. Right. It so much just for happens. evidence-based medicine, right? Right. <laughs> right. It, right. It's exactly right. So we've got to take a break. Um, we will be back right after this. You're listening to Wellness 101. We're talking about depression. Oh my girl, but she ain't worth the price. She ain't worth the price. 
This is Wellness 101. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today here on Wellness 101, we've been talking about depression. And this last segment, we basically talked about how we've all been deceived by this antidepressant hoax. And, you know, going back to that a little bit, most of the time, we only have the evidence that the drug companies want us to have, right? We talked about that right before we left, how they they publish the positive studies and don't publish the negative studies, and then the negative studies that they do publish have been twisted to believe and to to be positive. And you know, this was a New England Journal of of uh, Medicine article, right? And I mean, it leads to not only patients, but I think what's important to say is that it leads to also doctors being deceived into putting billions of dollars into drug companies' pockets while right. leaving you know, millions of people with the same health problems, just less money. Right. That's exactly right. I mean, to me, that, that the scientific trust is just broken. It's shattered. So what do we do? They, unfortunately, there isn't really an easy answer, but I personally think that functional medicine provides a more intelligent way of understanding the research and Rather than using drugs to suppress symptoms, functional medicine steps out into this other realm where it helps us find the true causes of the problems, including true causes of depression. There can be a lot of different causes. And we were we were just talking about this over break and Aaron's like, throw in some patient examples. Well, so- and I think because I think it's really important for people to know um, while it isn't there isn't an easy answer because it's not always the same cause. Um I mean, there have been hundreds and hundreds of people who have been helped by finding the root cause. And so, yeah, I'm like, throw out just some examples of people that you remember who have been helped by the functional medicine approach. So the first one is a young lady, um, early 20s, and she basically, her history, she'd been anxious and depressed pretty much her entire life and had had just been taking all kinds of different antidepressants and different combinations of antidepressants. Just you name it, she had tried it. And once we finally figured out and got down to the to the root of things, what we found was that she had massive amounts of food sensitivities. And so food sensitivities can cause inflammation. And research is now showing that when we have inflammation we also have inflammation in our bodies, we also have inflammation in our brains. And that Specifically, there is inflammation going on in people who are depressed. So, you know, the fact that researchers are out there showing this is and they're they're out there looking at, you know, anti-inflammatories as a potential treatment for depression just kind of tells me that we're on to the right thing here. But once she got the, the moral of the story here is once she got rid of the foods that she was sensitive to. Her depression went away. She got off of her medication, took a little bit of time, but she finally got off her medication. And along the way, she lost 30 pounds. And she really wasn't even trying to lose that 30 pounds. It just kind of fell off. And so she was extremely excited. And, and I think that the weight loss is a common um, thing that you've talked about with people yeah. when you're able to help them um, find the cause of their depression. Right. There, It's a lot of times the end result is... A, you know, significant weight loss. Weight loss. And it's it's funny. And it works the other way, too, because sometimes people come in that are really thin. Right. And they'll actually gain weight. Um, 
and, and feel healthier. It's so. amazing when the body is healthy, it's healthy overall. Right. I mean, so if, if you give it what it needs, it will heal itself. Yes. And you will end up at a weight that you're supposed to be at. So another one that we have, um, mid to late thirties, um, lady, very, uh, business professional. She had been dealing with, um, depression for over a decade and it was basically treatment resistant, meaning the drugs really didn't work at all for her. She was tired and she had gained 40 pounds in the last 10 years. Um, so it took us a little bit of digging on this one, but we finally found out this lady actually was full of mercury. And once we got the mercury out of her body, um, it was like a whole new person came into the to the office. I mean, she just as the as this stuff got better and getting better and getting better. And we have to test, you know, routinely. You could see these numbers dropping, and they they very well correlated with how she was feeling. And I mean, she ended up being you know extremely happy. She lost the forty pounds, and she was back to her old self. And then the last one we have um, that I jotted down was a forty nine year old man. He had a lot of depression. He'd been on all kinds of stuff, antidepressants and other psychiatric medications. I mean, you name it, this guy really and truly had been on it. And he'd felt like he'd just been in this this whole dark cloud had surrounded him for most of his life. And he just didn't get any relief. And for him, his when we got down to it, we figured out that this guy was severely vitamin deficient. He had massive deficiencies in B12, B6, and folate, which is B9. And once we gave him back those extremely essential nutrients, I mean, it was like you couldn't you couldn't contain the joy. He would call me and and say, "Hey, I, I'm feeling amazing." Um, you know, there's nothing better than when a patient calls the office and says, "You know what? I feel amazing. I want to thank you again." Right. And really, that's what, you know, the practice has grown through referrals from people who have benefited from this approach. Yeah. Because um, that it's just amazing how many people come because they knew someone and watched them get better. Right. And really, the key to those three different, different, completely different stories, completely different people um, and b- different backgrounds and everything is that getting to the root of what's causing the depression and getting those underlying imbalances that have taken over back into balance, causing the body to then function better. That's where we fix these issues. It's not about taking an antidepressant to cover up a symptom, to flatten our affect, to bring us up out of the gutter. It's about getting to what's really truly causing the issue, figuring that out, and then fixing that problem. Right. And it's the figuring that out is sometimes difficult. There, there's sometimes it takes, you know, a little bit of digging to get to it. But once we figure it out, holy cow, can it be life changing? Right. And I know that in addition to you helping um, some of the patients who are already on antidepressants get off of them, you've also talked about the fact that a lot of patients, well, even those who are taking antidepressants are on them because they've been pressured into taking them. Right. That's a, a lot of people are, are pressured into taking them. They're, you know, their doctor's telling them that you have to take this. And they're really, I mean, you have to, 
you have to do this. People, ladies and gentlemen, you do not have to do anything. You can do what you would like. That's the beauty of this country is you have the choice. Well, and I mean, you also have talked about there have been a lot of people who started these as children. And I have uh, I am 100 percent sure that the parents who put their children on antidepressants were doing it because they were told that's the best thing. I mean, there's no question in that. Um, While someone might do something to themselves where they, you know, they're just going to do what is easy. They're not doing that for their child. I, I will never believe that. And it's that's what I think is frustrating is then these people have been on antidepressants for so long because they started them when they were children. Right. That's exactly right. So how do we get people to say no to antidepressants? You know, that that's that's the key. They're, they're pressured in and there's ways that they can say they to say no. So here's a couple things that I think can be very beneficial in saying no. So as a physician, we all take an oath that basically says the very beginning, first do no harm. But then we seem to get lured into these seemingly very simplistic pill for an ill ideologies. This pill for this problem, this is this is the one thing that's going to fix that problem. We know that's not true. Right. And I mean, let's, I mean, yeah. It makes no sense that we're going to use the most powerful thing in our arsenal, because it's the only thing that is out there for, for depression, as the first line treatment. Makes no stinking sense. Well, not only does it not make sense, it's irresponsible. Because... Oh, she said irresponsible. Well, it is because they are extremely powerful. Right. And considering that we also have lots and lots of peer-reviewed research out there that shows that lifestyle choices and things like meditation have very – they're very effective. They have very good results when compared to the medications. I mean, the medications, we talked about how pitiful they are at, at positive results. So it makes sense that there are a lot of other things out there that are that are possible to do. I mean, a lot of people come in and they say you – know, Two, that are not just on drugs, but we have people that come in that's like, I am going to do absolutely everything I possibly can to not take an antidepressant. I saw what it did to blank, fill in the blank. Either it's their friend, their best friend, their brother, their sister, their mother, their father, and they don't want to have that same type of thing happen to them. And so they will do everything they can. So we start in, we look at their diet, we look at their history, we look at the environment that they're in, we look to see what's going on with them. What is it that we can do to fix that person? What are they missing that we can help them get back? And then all of a sudden they're like, you know what? I, I don't have these things anymore. I, I notice that I feel better. I, I don't feel depressed. So it's all about devoting yourself to the lifestyle or doing that lifestyle overhaul and take control of your own health. You're worth it. Take control of your own health. All right. We got to take a break. You're listening to Wellness 101. We'll be back right after this.
This is Wellness 101. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this hour has flown by. We're already in our last uh, segment here, trying to push through some information here. So buckle up. We're going to fly through a little bit of this. I apologize. But um, I want to talk just a little bit on this whole depression. Like, how is it that a happy pill can be so miserable? I mean, there's not a lot of happiness that I see when people have been on these things, um, for the most part. Again, some people, very effective. Uh, most people, not effective at all. So I just want to talk a little bit, and I just want to kind of list the side effects that are common to antidepressants that have been prescribed to people. So bear with me here. Common side effects include agitation, shakiness, anxiety, flu-like symptoms, indigestion and stomach aches, diarrhea or constipation, loss of appetite, dizziness, disorientation, confusion, insomnia or sleepiness, headaches, low sex drive, erectile dysfunction, difficulties achieving orgasm, weight gain, excessive sweating, heart rhythm problems, muscle twitching or pain, shivering. And those are just the most common. Just the most common. What in the world are we doing I, 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 again, I am baffled. Right. I, I but I also think this goes to show how debilitating depression itself can be, because I think a lot of people are willing to put up with these symptoms at the chance to feel a little better. Yeah. And that's sad. There's a better option out there, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, you know, the thing is, a lot of patients are just basically told, just hang in there. It's going to get better over time. Just hang on. And if they don't get better, then the doctors start messing with their medication and they add a second medication or they switch them to a different one and then they add a third and a fourth and a fifth. And I mean, right, and that, that's lot, where things go bad. Right. A lot of times these medications aren't tested in, you know, all different um, quantities when they're combined. So we don't know exactly how people are going to react and we definitely don't know how you specifically are going to react. Right. So this is, it's like Russian roulette. It, it basically is like Russian roulette. Um, and I mean, there is also, I just wanted to touch very briefly um, on the fact that there's no validated science that supports a neurochemical explanation for mental illness at all, including depression. So medications that act on the chemical systems, we know, force the body to react. And those adaptations are likely responsible for the inferior long-term health of the medicated versus the unmedicated who present with the same symptoms. So it it's quite possible that the drugs fail over time because they induce compensatory adaptations that end up creating the opposite of what the medications originally intended and the worsening of the illness could at some point not be reversible even after the medication is stopped. But guess what? Take a wild stab. There is a different narrative. There is a different path. Yes. Right? Listeners, you're intelligent. Life is intelligent. It's very purposeful. And we forget that growth and evolution comes through suffering. Okay. When my patients heal off of meds, it's sort of, you know, wild things Wild things happen. They adopt babies. They get divorced. They move to Europe or Australia or wherever. And, you know, things that were, you know, that are sitting dormant, they need expression. Humans have evolved over 
thousands of years to interact with our environment with this very deep wisdom, right? There's a good reason why you're feeling bad and you deserve the time and support necessary to figure out why, right? Antidepressants don't work the way you think they do. They are a very tempting basically fairy tale that, you know, this miracle in a capsule is going to magically transport you back to the way you once were. It just doesn't work like that. There's not studies, there's not studies that support that. So it's, we're not a one size fits all, you know, we, you know, heal with a synthetic concoction. That's just, you know, this magic pill. Right. And, and you just heard all the side effects. I mean, why? What are we doing? Right. So, yeah, our point today is why not at least try a diff- an alternative and see if it works? Right. Because there aren't side it, effects to... It just might work for you. Right. It might just might work and for you. And you're worth the risk. That's exactly right. It's worth and, the chance. And the nice thing is if it doesn't work, there's not going to be any crazy side effects from it. You're not going to, you know... Feel bad. There's none of these crazy things that happen from taking the medication are going to happen to you. The worst thing that's going to happen is that it just didn't work for you. So what are we talking about? What can I actually do? Steps to to work with it. You know, here's a big one. First and foremost, heal the gut, right? Ladies and gentlemen, physiology is pretty clear. We make these neurotransmitters, these chemicals. We don't make them in our brains like everyone wants to think we do. We're not. This isn't a brain thing. This is a gut thing. You have four, five hundred sometimes times more neurotransmitters in your gut than in your brain. That's where we make them. So if our gut is dysfunctional, our brain is going to be dysfunctional. There's no two ways about it. If your gut is inflamed, your brain is inflamed. That. We have to heal the gut. Right. We need to stop focusing on the brain and start focusing on the gut. Focusing because we on know the gut. science shows us that the gut is where the problem is. That's right. So, so something else that we can do to help with that is, one, figure out what foods we shouldn't be eating and get rid of those. Right. Do an anti-inflammatory elimination diet. Get rid of foods that we know are allergens. We, we know things like dairy and gluten. Those are big things that cause our our bodies to be inflamed. So get rid of them. And I know we go for a lot of the same things, but it's also nutrition. Nutrition um, is nutrient status. B vitamins are huge when it comes to um, things like depression and anxiety. Right. Another driving force behind depression is hypothyroidism and making sure that you have a thorough thyroid exam. Don't just let them check your TSH level. That's not enough. That's everybody said, comes in. They're like, oh, my thyroid's just fine. My doctor said my thyroid's just fine. What did they test? Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, did they test all 10 pieces of the thyroid puzzle or did we just test one? You know, that matters. So we've got to know. We've got to figure this out. We've got to make sure that we have plenty of vitamin D. Vitamin D deficiency can lead to depression. We've got to make sure that our we have adequate levels of vitamin D. We've got to make sure that we have adequate levels of omega-3 fats. The brain is made up of fat. And if you don't consume fat and get this stuff into your into your diet, there's no way that your brain can function the way it's supposed to, right? right. And another one that you've talked about earlier, you had touched on, is um, heavy metal toxicity. Right. Mercury can mimic heavy metal toxicity, especially mercury, can mimic depression-like symptoms. It can make us think that that's what the issue is. And all we may have to do is... Pull those heavy metals out of the body. Let the body's detoxification processes get these things out. And 
you'd be amazed at things that happen. I mean, we had that example earlier right. in the show. And a lot of people, I know you think, okay, well, if you have uh, mercury fillings or something, then you're going to have a problem. A lot of people who have an issue with mercury are not able to trace it back to a specific cause. So just because you don't have mercury fillings does not mean that you are not toxic in mercury. Right. And exercise. Exercise is huge. I I tell people exercise every single day. Set aside 30 minutes to exercise. Just even walking will make a big difference. I don't care what it is. Walk, um, uh, bike, run, lift weights, box. I I don't care. A lot of times that's not the easiest thing to do as your first line either. Right. So, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, we're not saying that, well, if you were exercising, you wouldn't be depressed. Um, A lot of times if, you know, just one or two of these other issues are fixed, exercise becomes a lot easier. That's right. So overcoming depression in all is a huge step toward lifelong vibrant health, not just being healthy, but being vibrant and living your fullest. So these are just some things that we recommend that you do. Find somebody that can help you. If you don't come to the Institute of Natural Health, that's okay. Find someone that understands how this works and what's going on. And is going to find the root of the problem. It's going to go to the root of it. That's exactly right. So that's about all the time we have for today. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. If you have questions or comments, please um, go to our Facebook page, email us, get in touch with us. We'd be happy to return your, your emails and your phone calls. Our phone number is 314-293-8123. Our website is theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com. For Wellness 101, this is Dr. TJ. Thanks for listening. Get the vibration, won't do you no good, it won't do you 